This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, podcast listeners and fellow podcasters. Today, there's a lot of mixed signals within the market today. Market seems to be up in some areas, but for the most part, it's down. And we got a lot of things to cover today. We got to be able to talk about consumer spending and savings and inflation. We also got to be able to talk about in the cryptocurrency world currently, there's some new news of a new country that's accepting cryptocurrencies. We got to talk about Elon Musk and Twitter and how this story is probably not going to be ending anytime soon. And finally, we'll end today's podcast by talking about Disney. Before we officially begin, I have to remind you all that I am not a financial advisor in any way, shape, or form. Everything on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and to help provide new information for people who wish to seek out news articles to understand what's happening in the market. With that being said, guys, let's begin with today's podcast. First article today, U.S. consumers shrug off high inflation, lean on savings to boost spending, according to the Washington and for in Washington, U.S. consumer spending rose more than expected in March amid strong demand for service while monthly inflation surged by the most in 16 and a half years, giving the Federal Reserve ammunition to hike interest rates by hefty 50 basis points next week or sometime this week. The case for an aggressive monetary policy stance from the U.S. Central Bank was also strengthened by other Data on Friday showing compensation for American workers recording its largest increase in more than three decades in the first quarter. Companies are boosting wages in a desperate bid to attract scarce workers. The strength in consumer spending heading into the second quarter allied fears of a recession after the economy unexpectedly contracted its first three months of the year. Quote, there is nothing about to go wrong with the economy, with the customers still cheerleading the way forward to prosperity. And then the quote continues saying, no recession on the horizon. I have a hard time believing that. I think currently we are in some type of recession already. I believe that kicked in when the market completely tanked when uh, 2020, in March of 2020. And it pretty much kicked off again with the war that Russia has declared on Ukraine. That being said, though, it just seems like there's a lot of mixed information currently out there i mean it's great that people are using their savings accounts well not really great but they're using their saving accounts to help with their inflation issues that they're facing i mean it's not usually a good sign when people are having to tap into their savings i mean that's the point of a savings is for a rainy day fund and i guess right now it's currently the rainy day fund has to be used but it says here that spending on services increased by 1.1% lifted by demand for international travel, dining out at restaurants, as well as hotel stays. There was also an increase in healthcare spending and outlays on recreation and transportation service services. Spending on goods increased by 1.2%, mostly reflecting gasoline and other energy products, as well as food, whose prices have risen sharply. Spending on last Long-lasting goods like motor vehicle fell for the second straight month because of the shortages. Economists polled by 
Reuters has forecast consumer spending increased by 0.7%. Even with prices skyrocketing, inflation-adjusted consumer spending eked out a 0.2% gain last month, highlighting the economy's underlying strength in the increasingly turbulent environment. I don't know how this is going to end, but eventually at some point they have to decide to start drying up the money supply. Got to stop printing the money in a way. At least that's one way, in my opinion, to control inflation. Obviously, I'm not an economic person and I am not really an expert in this whole area, but it just seems like if inflation is kicking up like crazy, you got to stop printing money in order to control control the inflation issue. Because at some point, if people are using their savings currently to help adjust for their lifestyle, things are going to get really bad real soon if people have to keep this up. So things to keep out for. Let's see if inflation really has peaked or if it's going to keep growing at the rate that it seems like it's growing at. On to the next article from Fortune. Panama is poised to approve the use of Bitcoin and eight other crypto cryptos without limitation. Now, we spoke about this last week, how Central Africa has made Bitcoin part of its currency. And obviously, El Salvador was one that happened, I believe it was either earlier this year or sometime last year. That being said, let's get into the article. Lawmakers in Panama, the Latin American country with a reputation as a tax haven, has approved a bill that would regulate the use of Bitcoin and eight other cryptocurrencies and approve their use for paying taxes and for private transactions. Um, Gabriela Gabriel Silva, a Panama lawmaker who promoted the bill, said on Twitter Thursday that the country's National Assembly had passed the legislation the bill will now be passed to Panama's president. Quote, this will help Panama become a hub of innovation and technology in Latin America, Silva said, arguing that the legislation will help create jobs and financial inclusion. A copy of the draft bill shared by Silva on social media said citizens, banks, and legal entities in Panama would be permitted to use several cryptocurrencies as a means of payment without limitation. Those were Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, Litecoin, XDC Network, Elron, Stellar, IOTA, and Algorand. The currencies will be accepted as payment in both civil and commercial capacity, the bill said. Later on, it says, uh, the tokenization of precious metals and other goods would also be permitted under the law according to the bill. Panama's adoption of the legislation would see it follow in the footsteps of El Salvador and the Central African Republic, with both countries having already approved Bitcoin as an official currency. In Panama, however, it won't be uh, oblig oblig obligatory to accept the cryptos, meaning that they won't be legal tender per se. The bill said Panama would launch an official digital wallet similar to El Salvador's Shivo app to allow residents to carry, and tr carry out transactions of these new technologies in a safe way. It says later on that there are some cryptocurrency concerns, though. Cryptocurrencies are inf infamously volatile and lack many of the regulatory safeguards of traditional currencies. After officially adopting Bitcoin as a currency last year, El Salvador was urged by the International Monetary Fund to re reverse its decision. And with the organization's expressed concern over large risk for financial and market integrity, financial stability and consumer protection. Then it also says there was also the questions about how widely crypto would will ultimately be used at, as Bitcoin uptake in El Salvador has been poor. Soon after Bitcoin's adoption, 
a survey by the El Salvador Chamber of Commerce found that over 80% of people didn't want uh, uh, didn't want Bitcoin, perhaps as an astronomical high ATM fees on converting Bitcoin in U.S. dollars, and over nine in ten rejected the idea of taking their their salaries in digital coins. Meanwhile, a new report from the U.S. National Bureau of Economics research this week found that just 20% of adult citizens in El Salvador were using the Shivo wallet. I think it's Shivo wallet app. It's still interesting to see these countries push to accept Bitcoin into their current countries currently. I mean, it's still interesting to see the fact that Panama is now accept potentially going to be accepting at least eight. And then they're also going to be accepting precious metals in a way as well as a form of currency. It To me, at some point, I often wonder this. Maybe this is a way to back up their own currency. I mean, in the past, we used to have the gold standard and the gold standard went away. And maybe this is countries being able to say, hey, even though our dollar of our currency is losing value, we also accept Bitcoin here as well to be able to help attract more people, to be able to get new investments into their country. Because at the end of the day, most currencies aren't backed up by anything anymore. The gold standard days, at least the United States hasn't happened since the 1970s. And it's just paper money. And in a way, paper money is backed off by the faith of the of the person who's exchanging the goods and services that the dollar will be backed up. So it's something to still keep an eye out. Bitcoin is slowly being adopted. I mean, it's not it's not official in Panama, but it is getting there, especially if the bill gets signed. And at the end of the day, it's it's just interesting to see how these countries. And, and, but granted, these are not first world countries are accepting the cryptocurrency before the first world countries. So we need to keep an eye out to see how Bitcoin continues to potentially grow in these other countries. And we get to find out if it actually works. Hopefully this trend continues so that we can continue to watch. On to the next article, Musk sells Tesla shares worth $8.5 billion ahead of Twitter takeover. Chief Executive Officer Elon Musk sold $8.5 billion worth of shares in an electric vehicle maker. U.S. securities filings showed in sales likely amid to help finance his planned purchase of Twitter, Inc. Musk said in a tweet on Thursday that there are no further Tesla sales planned after today. He sold about 9.6 million shares this week, according to the filings on Thursday and Friday, equating, equating to 5.6 of his stake in the company. It was not clear whether... All of Musk's recent Tesla shares were reported. Tesla did not immediately respond to a Rudder's request for comment. The sale came after Musk on Monday clinched a deal to buy Twitter for $44 billion in cash in a transaction that would shift control of social media platform populated by millions of users and global leaders to the world's richest person. Musk's net worth is $268 billion, according to Forbes. Musk, in his, um, as part of a deal, Musk said he would provide $21 billion in equity commitment. It was not immediately clear how the billionaire would raise the remaining $12.5 billion in equity financing. Musk holds a 43.61% stake in, in unlisted rocket company SpaceX, which was reported at $100 billion. This, this saga for Elon buying out Twitter is not going to end anytime soon. I mean, anytime he sells Tesla shares, 
it just seems like the news is going to report immediately and we'll keep reporting it as well as we can, or at least as best as we can. It just seems like the media is going to be like, look, he's selling more Tesla shares in order to pay for Twitter. But we already know that he received a lot of funding from, I think it was JP Morgan we had talked about the other day. And we also know that he he has the funds. I mean, he there's no question that he doesn't have the funds to buy out Twitter. And he has, still has time to be able to get the money that he needs to to pretty much buy out Twitter. Now, what does get more interesting is how he plans, how Elon in particular plans to use Twitter to monetize it at its, at its best. Musk told banks he will rein in Twitter pay, make money from tweets. It says here, Elon Musk told banks that agreed to help fund his $44 billion acquisition of Twitter that he could crack down on executive board pay at the social media company to slash out costs and help develop new ways to monetize tweets. Three people with the matter said. The article goes on later on to say that he plans to monetize people's tweets in order to get the company to make more money. That to me becomes more interesting on how Elon is going to get the potential funding. I'm not funding, but how he's going to monetize Twitter at the end of the day. I mean, it seems like Elon is Elon's a genius at the end of the day. And he's going to know how to make money for Twitter. And if he's going to monetize the tweets, maybe he puts an advertisement underneath like the most viral of tweets. Who knows? At the end of the day, we're not in Elon's brain, but he gives an idea of how he wants to monetize it. But it's also interesting to point out as well that um, he he wants to be able. Let me see if I can find this. Actually, it's in TechCrunch. We need to go to. So let's go to TechCrunch. Says here he has lined up the money. Oh, here it is. It reports that Musk told Banks he planned to develop more ways to make money from tweets. For example, he said that he plans to create a way to monetize tweets that go viral or include important information. He also suggests that the idea of charging a fee when third-party websites quote or embed tweets from a verified account. It, it's going to get interesting. If Elon's trying to monetize it this way, I don't get how it fully works. I'm not a coder. Maybe a coder would have to explain it a little bit more to me. But at the end of the day, it also makes things interesting to be able to point out as well that Facebook is probably going to do something similar too. And Facebook could potentially see more growth on the Facebook side of things. Instagram still Instagram with the photo photo side of things. But it just it, it just makes things interesting to see how he's trying to monetize as best he can it's also reported from the washington report as well that musk also brought up the idea of paying influencers to create content for the platform which is a business model that has proven to be successful for tiktok musk is also said to be interested in the idea of subscription services that the company could offer so there's a couple ideas and which one he decides to go with he might just go with all of them at the end of the day but it's still going to be interesting to say the least because it means some influencers might lose their following if most people aren't willing to pay for a subscription 
But at the same time, maybe people will want to pay for the subscription just so that they can continue to see what the heck is going on in the world of Twitter. But I think this is the most important news from Elon before we get into the Disney side of things. Elon Musk has reportedly lined up a new Twitter CEO, shared ideas for monetizing tweets. Elon Musk has lined up a new CEO for Twitter and told banks he's agreed to help fund. But let's see where it says here. Oh, a source told Rutgers that Musk has decided on who he plans to appoint as the new chief executive of Twitter, but the source didn't name the person. Twitter's current CEO, um, Argarwal, who took the role after Jack Dorsey stepped down in November, is expected to remain a CEO until the deal is completed. Musk told Twitter chairman Brett Taylor he does not have confidence in the company's management, which in the sentiment that he also stated in the SEC filings. It's finally time. I mean, it's it's ridiculous that, like, I, I mentioned this in a past podcast. I've said we should, if I was Elon, I would get rid of the entire board and I would get rid of the CEO and I'd bring new people in. And this could be the start of what is happening. I mean, it's great, potentially. I mean, it stinks that Twitter will no longer be a of uh, a. Um, stock option to buy in the future but if he gets a new ceo maybe one day he takes it back public who knows it just seems like the ceo and the board of directors just were not really taking the company anywhere and it's time for fresh new ideas at the end of the day it's time for new management so that the company can continue to grow and be able to make money which is good because if you're any in any social media platforms like Pinterest or Facebook and invested in those, oh, Facebook is now Meta. But if you're in those companies to invest, I mean, it's just it means potentially that you're going to be having more competition on on the ad space of things. So I see it as a good thing that Elon's potentially going to lay off, um, going to lay off workers at the end of not workers, but the top management at the end of the day. Now for the most important news, Disney. Disney executive Geoff Geoff Morrill, who helped craft response to the Don't Say Gay law, leaves company after three months, according to CNBC. Uh, The chief corporate affairs officer who helped architect Disney's public response to the Florida so-called Don't Say Gay legislation has decided to leave the company. After three months in the new role, it has become clear to me that for a number of reasons, it is not a right fit. Morrell sent a letter to his team that CNBC has obtained. After taking this over with Disney CEO, Bob Chapek, I have decided to leave the company to pursue other opportunities. Christina Shake, who Disney hired earlier this month, will lead Disney's communication effort and report directly to uh, Chapek. Shake will have oversight for corporate and segment communications and continue to be our chief spokesperson, Chapek said in in a note to Disney staff obtained by CNBC. The guy was only in there for three months and Disney stock is starting to look a little bit rocky these days. And I only say a little bit because there just seems to be a lot of issue. I mean, you had the legislation that was passed in Florida recently to where Disney has to potentially pay pay more in taxes in Florida, which is close to $1 billion in taxes in the making. That is, to me, kind of a potential red flag in the making for the company. 
And it also just seems like there's a lot of other issues that people aren't talking about. Um, for example, as I have mentioned in the segment where we were talking about Netflix, the streaming war is going to get really intense soon. And if Disney doesn't meet the numbers for streaming, in my personal opinion, things are going to get very, very interesting at Disney, especially at the management point of things. In fact, even right now, from The Motley Fool, is Disney stock at a tipping point? It says here, stock reached a 52-week low at $112.69 on Thursday. As of today, it's I think at 111 somewhere around there which is about the price it was three years ago, months before the launch of Disney+. Plus. The stock is now down a brutal 43% from its all-time high. The Steve of sell-off raises the question, is Disney at a tipping point? Here's what Disney needs to do to prove investors it's worthwhile to investor. And they go into the very first thing, like I just mentioned, the streaming wars have intensified, but they're claiming on here that uh, it says Netflix essentially told investors that its growth is slowing, revenue growth, earnings are growth, are now projected to be just 10% per year. But then it goes on later on to say that Netflix news is a red flag for Disney Plus, which unlike Netflix is not yet profitable. Disney plan is to invest in developing Disney Plus, adding new content and growing its subscribers before reducing spending its fiscal 2024. It's a good plan, but it may be harder to execute if Disney's subscriber growth slows. I mean, Disney has an advantage. They have all their content. But then the next thing they go into is Disney Plus subscriber growth is accelerating, even though the one before they just said that it's intensified because it's saying here that, however, there's a disconnect between the streaming service industry headwinds and, and Disney's actual results. Disney report its second quarter results on May 11th. We got to pay attention to that, guys. May 11th. We'll probably talk about it. Seems like forever ago, but it's it's only in mid-February that Disney crushed earnings thanks to a significant rebound in park attendance and the additional 11.8 million Disney Plus subscribers versus 7 million expected for contents considered Netflix lost 200,000 subscribers in its most recent quarter. So the, the Motley Fool's kind of going all over the map on this. They're first, they're saying, well, there's a streaming war issue. And then they say in their second bullet point that they're like, oh, but Disney Plus is growing and accelerating. I don't know what it is at the end of the day, but to me, the streaming war is just going to continue to get insane. And we've mentioned this hundreds of, well, not hundreds of times, but we've mentioned it at least once that the streaming war is going to get super intense. Okay. And then they say, claim here that Disney parks are booming. Probably the biggest misconception about Disney right now is that the park business is still rebounding from the pandemic. Looking at its last quarter, it's clear that it sees that its park segment has already rebounded and is looking to collide uh, spring for more growth. Let's not forget that Disney Q1 fiscal 2022 generated 95% of sales in Q1 fiscal 2020. As per capital, spending at Disney domestic parts increased by 40% in Q1 fiscally 2022 compared to uh, Q1 fiscal 2019. So the demand is back and people are spending more money. I mean, the parks do make a lot of money. But I also still wonder how many people are actually still going to the parks. I mean, granted social media people are people who love posting a lot on social media are still attending the parks. And in fact, they'll post about it when they're there. I have friends from both college and who I know now currently who are attending Disney. Well, Disneyland in particular, but at the end of the day, it's still, it's still interesting to see if the parks can continue to grow in that regard. I mean, I think they raised prices too recently 
So question is how much are people willing to pay to go to Disney? Now they don't mention any messy concerns, but there's like some concerns worth keeping in mind from the Motley Fool. Disney earnings took a hit fiscally 2022 and fiscal 2021, but on the rebound in fiscal to 2022, if Disney's parks continue to perform and Disney plus charts are a realistic path towards positive enter earnings, even if it takes longer then it would stand to reason that Disney should grow to be worth a lot more than it was pre pandemic. There's no, they don't have a concern in this article. And that to me is concerning to me. one of the biggest concerns, at least for me, if I were an investor in Disney, which little disclosure, I am an investor in Disney. And this is what worries me. Disney's gonna have to pay more in taxes in Florida. That's a billion dollars potentially in taxes that they are gonna have to pay. Okay, that's just Florida alone. That's not talking their parks in China, France, California, Japan, you name it. Okay. The other thing too, there's a lot of people who are mad at Disney currently right now. And I'm starting to realize too that when people get mad, people vote with their wallets at the end of the day. And so the question becomes is, are people still going to be subscribing to Disney Plus? Is Disney going to be able to keep making their money? Or is their management team going to be able to stay around? I mean, we just read about how one person just stepped down after being there for three months. I think the CEO is on the chopping block next, potentially. And if he doesn't get the numbers that are needed, there's going to be a lot of angry shareholders in the making. And in my own personal opinion, the CEO's job is pretty much on the line and he's got to have a good quarter coming up for Disney or else it's not going to be pretty at the end of the day. And yeah, we got to pay attention to May 11th and we'll talk about it and May 11th in nine days. So we'll be able to talk about it when those earnings come out and we'll be able to express more thoughts and opinions about what's happened to Disney, especially as of recent. So With that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed every minute of this podcast today to be able to get new information and new insight of what's happening in the world of the markets currently. With that being said, guys, if you have have enjoyed this podcast, I ask that you please follow it, subscribe to it, and be able to share it with friends or family so we can help continue to grow this podcast and be able to keep talking about what's happening in the market. With that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening today. Thank you and goodbye.